0: In Alhamdalilla, Nahmedu, who was a Sereno, who was a Stofero, when I will learn Shururi and Fusina, was a year at the Armalina, when you did love who feller, Mulilla, women you will faller, wash Hado La, Ila, her illa, who was the Hula Shari Kala, wash Hado and Mohammedan Abedu or a solo. Bad. So we were in the chapter where we were discussing the types of people who have excuses regarding the prayer, where they have reasons uh, that allow them different rulings within the prayer. One of those that we discussed last time was, if you are ill, you have some medical issue, then there are certain... Different rulings when somebody has a medical issue. So, for example, if your medical issue prevents you from fulfilling all of the normal uh, stances and movements and positions of the prayer, then you're allowed to miss those positions. If you can't stand, you can sit. If you cannot sit, you can lie down. There are various things then that give you leeway when you are ill. The next one we're going to look at now, where the rulings have some leeway is a person who is travelling. The traveller has some slightly different rulings when it comes to the prayer and the raka'at that you have to pray and the times you have to pray. So, Sheikh Al-Fawzan, he says, وَمِنْ أَهْلِ الْأَعْذَارِ الْمُسَافِرِ From amongst the people that have some leeway, some excuse with regards to the prayer, is the traveller. It is legislated for somebody travelling to shorten the four raka'at prayers down to how many? Two. To shorten the four down to two. And in reality, you could say that they are not actually shortening anything. How so? They are still praying, but initially, originally, how many raka'at did the four raka'at prayers used to be? Two. Dhuhr used to be two, Asr used to be two, Isha used to be two, Fajr was always two and Maghrib was always three. So these four ones used to be two. But then afterwards, the new ruling came, they became four unless you are traveling, they stay as two, simple. Sunnah, <laughs> The Quran, the Sunnah, and the agreement of the scholars, the consensus indicates that a traveler shortens his prayer down to two raka'at. The four raka'at ones down to two raka'at. The two raka'at one fajr, that stays as two. And the three raka'at one for Maghrib stays as three. In the Qur'an it mentions, وَإِذَا ضَرَبْتُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ فَلَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ أَن تَقْصُرُوا مِنَ الصلاة That when you traverse upon the land, then there is nothing upon you that you shorten the prayer. وَالنَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهِ سَلَّمْ لَمْ يُصَلِّ فِي safar إِلَّا قَصْرًا The Prophet ﷺ when he used to travel, He never used to pray the full. He always used to pray the shortened, the shortened prayer when traveling. Shortening when you are traveling is better than praying the full. That is the statement of the majority of the scholars. When you're traveling, it's better to shorten It's not better to say, well, it's okay, even though I'm traveling and there's a bit of burden, I will still pray the full. Majority of the scholars say, it's actually better to take that license and take that ease and shorten. That is better when traveling. Wafis فِي In Al-Bukhari and Muslim it mentions, فُرِضَتِ الصَّلَاةِ ركعتين ركعتين، فَأَقَرَّتْ صَلَاةُ السَّفَرْ وَزِيدَ فِي صَلَاةِ الْحَضَرْ That the prayer was initially prescribed as twos. Two rak'at two raka'at. Two for dhuhr, two for asr, two for isha. فَأَقِرَّتْ صَلَاةُ السَّفَرْ The traveler's prayer was kept like that. Two for fajr, which is normal anyway. Two for Dhuhr, two for Asr, three for Maghrib Normal, two for Isha. In the Hadith in Bukhari and Muslim, it says, initially the prayer used to be just two raka'at anyway. For the traveler, it was kept as two raka'at. And the person who is not traveling, he's at home, he's resident. It was increased to four raka'at. وَقَالَ Ibn Umarُ safar تَمَامٌ غَيْرُ Ibn Umar, he said, the traveler's prayer, the traveler's prayer is to رَكَعَت, and that tamam that is complete, that is it. غَيْرُ قَصْر, it is not shortened, meaning that is approving the opinion of the majority that when you travel, you should only pray. The shortened prayer, that is better for you. So that is the first issue. When you are traveling, you are allowed to to pray tools, to shorten your prayer. When are you allowed to do that? To shorten your prayer. When you're traveling. But when are you considered a traveler? Far places like where? What's a far place? Far, far away. Country to country. So England to Wales. You're right. Here, the sheikh, the opinion he gives, he mentions if you leave your city, basically, you leave your city and you head out, then technically there, that is an opinion of some of the scholars, you are considered now a traveler. You've left your city. You've exited from your city, from the buildings and the boundaries of your city, and you've gone... You are now considered a traveler. That is an opinion of some of the scholars. Before you set off, are you considered a traveler? So tomorrow, imagine at one o'clock you're going to get in your car and you're going to drive away and travel somewhere. At 12 o'clock, are you a traveller? Not yet. At 12.30, are you a traveller? Not yet. One o'clock you're going to get in your car and leave. By half past one, you can be considered a traveller. You've left Bolton, you've gone. So you have to have started and gone on the journey. You have to be considered a traveller before you're allowed to shorten. You can't say, and this is what the scholars have mentioned mostly, imagine tomorrow you're going to set off at 3 p.m. You can't say, well, 3 p.m. we're going to set off, you're preparing everything at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, you're getting your bags. You say, that's it, we're travelers today. We are travelers today. We're going right now in half an hour, 3 o'clock, we're setting off. So let's just pray, now to rakaat. We are travelers today, we're going right now, all the bags are in the suitcase, we're going. So we are considered travelers today. Let's pray two raka'at now from home and go. Most of the scholars they mentioned here, you can't do that. Because right now, even though you are going to be travelers, right now, are you travelers? Not yet. So you can't shorten the prayer yet. Once you start your journey later on, You are actually a traveler, not just the intention of becoming a traveler, not just you packed your bags there in the car. You've got to actually become a traveler until you can be allowed to shorten. So if you live in a large city like London, Travelling from the south to the north could take, forget an hour, it can take two hours, three hours. And you've not left the boundaries of your city. Are you a traveller? So this issue has a lot of opinions about it. This is just one opinion we mentioned here. When you leave the boundaries of your city, you're a traveller. And there are many other opinions about it. One opinion even has a straightforward quantification. 49 miles or 50 miles, 49-50 miles, 80 kilometers. That is one opinion. So even within London, how big is London? Wherever, 49 miles or 50 miles. Once you get to that, then you're considered a traveler. It doesn't matter how long it takes. In an airplane, that's going to take you, what, a few minutes. And you've done 50 miles. It's going to take hardly anything, 50 miles. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it takes. You can start combining or you can start shortening. In a car, 50 miles may take an hour. On a motorway, an hour. In country roads, maybe two hours. But that is one opinion, 50 miles. Another opinion, leave the boundaries of your city. Another opinion is based upon the norms of the people. The norm of the people. What do people normally consider a journey to be? The tradition and the culture of the people. So, for example, in Bolton, if people travel to Trafford Centre, is Trafford Centre in Bolton? It's outside. Half hour outside? 10 minutes in the car, 15 minutes in the car. From here, 15 minutes in the car, you could be there. 10-15 minutes away, around the corner. Is that a journey or not? You don't check the oil and the water and the tire pressure on your car before you set off the traffic center. You don't get your pack lunch and your packs of crisps and drinks when you set off the traffic center. Nobody does any of that. So the tradition and the norm of the people very clearly is that from here to the traffic center, it would be ridiculous you'd laugh at somebody if they said that's a journey. That's the norm of the people. Upon this opinion then, you would not be allowed to combine. Upon the other opinion, you've left... The edges of your city, you could combine upon that opinion. You could, it is an opinion. You've left the edges of your city, you've exited from Bolton. It's an opinion, but Shaykh al Islam says the norm and the culture of the people is a strong opinion, and that's clear because from here to the traffic center, nobody, nobody considers that a journey. There will hardly be anyone, anyone in Bolton who says that's a long way, traffic center. That's miles away. Can't go there. Nobody says that. The norm of the people is that's not a journey. What if somebody says to you, we're going to go to a different shopping center. Trafford Center, no good. Too expensive. We're going to go to Meadow Hall. Where's Meadow Hall? Sheffield. Is that considered a journey now? Sheffield, from here to there, taking into consideration the routes as well. Mountains up and 20 minutes. You need a helicopter for 20 minutes. Mountains up and down, everything. It's going to take you at least an hour from here. And it's a difficult journey too. Most people would probably start to think now. It's about what, 50 miles, 60 miles from here or something. Most people would start to think that is a bit far. If you said, let's go Meadow Hall, it wouldn't just be, okay, let's go. People think, okay, that's going to be, okay, what time are we setting off? How long is it going to take? What time are we going to get back? People are now starting to think it is a bit far. So now the norm and the culture of the people is starting to say that this is a bit of a journey. That is one opinion of some of the scholars. Where the norms of the people state or indicate something is a journey, it's a journey. Where the norms of the people do not see it as a journey, then it's not a journey. If everybody in Bolton said, what are you talking about, Sheffield? That's around the corner. All of our cousins are in Sheffield, you know, huh? That's around the corner, no problem. Sheffield every two minutes. Everybody, if that's what they thought, then no combining, no shortening in Sheffield. The norm of the people is it's nothing. So that's one opinion. There's lots of opinions about traveling. When are you considered a traveler? So in London, various things like this come into play. Various things like this come into play. South to the north. Some people may consider that is a journey. It could take you two hours to do that. could take two hours in the traffic getting there. You could get there by the time you finish. It's like somebody from Bolton has gone to London. Same amount of time. So it differs and those opinions, they differ. But when you are a traveler, then you have that ruling that you shorten the prayer and only pray the two raka'at instead of the four. Then the next point the sheikh makes is that the traveler shortens his prayer even if he makes regular journeys. Let's say for example from here uh, from here, all the way down to Birmingham. Let's say somebody in Bolton works in Birmingham. They drive down every day, they drive back every day. Two hours there, two hours back, in the traffic. Journey or not? It's a journey. From here to Birmingham, everybody's going to consider it's a journey. Journey. But he works there. Monday to Friday, every day he goes there, every day he comes back. What's the ruling for him? Is he allowed to combine his dohr and asr while he's there working? Or is he not now? Because he regularly goes there every day, drive down, drive back. still combined that's what the sheikh says because he is still a traveler he is traveling regardless of how often he's doing it so even if that suffer لو كان يتكرر سفره كصاحب البريد sheikh mentions for example somebody who works as a delivery a delivery man imagine you work for a delivery company or something like a, a, a royal mail or some other delivery DHLP whatever they call them these things you have to drive down to birmingham to deliver packages you have to d- drive to sheffield drive to different places different cities taking amazon packages and whatever everybody's buying so you're traveling around every day that's your job every day you are traveling every day you're allowed to shorten your prayer Your when you're out there every your you're asar, out there you're this city that city delivering the parcels you can come you can shorten also Taxi driver, not the local, but somebody who does long-range long taxi driving uh, uh, from this uh, city down to Birmingham, down to s- certain types of companies, they do long-range. So if you work in that type of company, you're a driver for long-range, outside of the city, you're traveling around, then that can also be considered as a traveler every time you go do it, and you can combine every time you go do it. That we're going to get to. Right now, oh, we haven't even talked about combining. Sorry, I keep saying combining. I mean shortening. Right now we're talking about shortening. So far everything is about shortening, not combining. Shortening. So he's allowed to shorten the prayer also. Uh, now we get to the combining. يَجُوزُ Musafir. It is also allowed for the traveler Al بين bain والعصر wal Asr to combine between ظهر and Asr. Wal بين bain al Maghrib Isha and to combine between Maghrib and Isha. Fee ahadihima in the time of either one of them. So if you set off on your journey at 12 o'clock midday and you're gonna get to your destination 7 pm you're going from here to london busy roadworks everything's gonna take you a long time past london you're going down to brighton seven hour drive from here down there setting off at 12 o'clock you're gonna get there seven eight o'clock in the evening you're allowed to for dhuhr and asr you're allowed to shorten and combine when in the time of dhuhr? So you set off at 12 o'clock, should you stop at 2 o'clock on the services and combine dhuhr and asr? Or just carry on driving, stop at 6 p.m., combine dhuhr and asr, then carry on and get there 7-8 p.m. Which of the two is better or what's the ruling? Either is permissible. You setting off from here, you're going to Brighton for example, 7-8 hour drive. Dhuhr and Asr is going to come in whilst you are still on the way. It's allowed. You can combine it now or you can combine it later. Combine it now or combine it later. There is one issue though. Maybe the better example would have been if we said, you're setting off at 12 and you're going to get there at Maghrib time or after Maghrib time. So Dhuhr and Asr, the full time of both prayers is going to go whilst you're traveling. Then combine in either time. In the first example we gave, you're going to get there 7 p.m. Some scholars say in that case, you're going to get there. Nowadays, Maghrib is 9 p.m. You're going to get there. Still, the time of Asr will still be there. Some scholars, they say, if you're going to get to your destination and the time of that prayer is still there, then you should pray when you get to the destination full. Easier example is that of Isha. That's the easier way to think of it. Imagine now, you pray Maghrib tonight and you set off and you're going to go somewhere. You set off after Maghrib at 9.30pm and you're going to get to your destination at 11.30pm. 11.30pm. So now, has the time of Isha entered whilst you're traveling? It's entered. Isha enters when? 11pm or something? It's entered. You could stop at 11 p.m. at the services and pray too, because you're traveling. Scholars say though, some of them, Sheikh Thaymeen and others, that you're going to get there half past 11 or 12 o'clock, still the time of yet. In that case, you've got no reason to shorten. Carry on, get there and pray full. Your journey is going to finish before the time of the prayer exits. Your journey is going to finish before the time of the prayer exits. So they say just go get there and pray in the time full. Once your journey is finished. But that is not an obligation. That is some of the scholars have mentioned it. But it's not an obligation. You are traveling. Therefore you are allowed to shorten. You are allowed to combine. It's not an obligation. You have to wait to get there and pray full. Once you are traveling the rulings are open to you to combine and shorten. So. Yeah, if you're still a traveler, then you're still a traveler. Unless, when you get there, you can still pray too. Unless the scholars say where you land, where you're going to stay, there is a local mosque and you can hear the adhan. These days we can't hear the adhan, so all we mean is, there's a local mosque right there. Scholars say, in that case, you should go and pray. Go and pray in the mosque still. If that is the case. If you're going to stay in that place for more than four days, which is the opinion of many of the scholars, again, that, there's lots of different opinions. One of them is four days. If you're going to stay somewhere for four days or longer, they say, don't combine, just pray full in the mosques, pray full everything, don't combine, shorten. Because more than four days, no not shorten either. They say, because if you're going to stay there for four days or longer, you're relaxing, you're settled. It's not like you're traveling in bags. Four days now. Four days you're going to be there, you put your suitcase down, open it, relax, four days. So now they say you're not in a rush. You're not everywhere. You're relaxed now, four days or more, and there's evidences in the Sunnah for it too. So in that case, they say now you can be considered as a resident. So that's the opinion of Sheikh Fawzan and others. If you travel somewhere, like imagine you go to London, is that a journey or not? When you're in London, are you still a traveller or not? Traveller. But if you're going to stay there for four days or longer. Then many of the scholars, they say, in that case, you can consider yourself a resident in London for that time. So just pray normal. Pray normal in that case. But if you're only going for two days or three days, then in that case, you can carry on shortening for that two or three days. That is what many of them say. In the services, you can pray anywhere you want. Pray in the car park. Park up, pray in the car park, find out the compass, which way the Kaaba is and pray. Some services, they have prayer rooms. You can tell somebody, an adult, to do the Google and find out which services have prayer rooms now. On the motorways, some services have prayer rooms now. So you can check that out and plan your journey to stop on one of those. If you don't want to pray in the car park and get your clothes dirty. So, ah. No, like we just said, four days or more. If you go to Umrah... No, you shouldn't. You, you, it depends on the, the rulings of the traveler again. Four days is what most of the scholars say. When you go to Umrah, typically most people are going to be in Medina four days at least, Mecca four days at least. That's what packages mostly are. Even if you're not, then really you should pray all of your prayers in the mosque. And technically, technically you could... If you're less than four days in each place, if you only got three days in Medina, three days in Mecca, you miss a prayer, then technically you can. Technically you're you're not settled for four days or more. You could technically, but you shouldn't. You should make sure you pray every prayer in the mosque. That is one of the key things when going to Umrah. When Mecca, in Medina, when you go, you know, they take you on the ziyarah. You see all those cars, they say ziyarah, ziyarah. They take you to all the different places. Scholars say if you go on those places, and you should to Quba, Masjid Quba, you should go there. The Shuhada' of Uhud, you should go there. Where else should you go? That's it. Outside of the Masjid and nabawi there's only two places you go. Shuhada' of Uhud and Masjid Quba, that's the only two ziyaras. The other ones are Baqiyah, that's right there next to the mosque anyway. The Prophet's mosque, you're there all day. And the Prophet's grave, you can give salam. Outside of the Prophet's mosque, there's only two places to go. Masjid Quba and the Mount Uhud. All these other ziaras will, will take you to Qiblatain. and will take you to the Bi'r Ali and this place and Badr. None of that is sunnah to go there. And if you're going to go out there and miss one of the prayers in the mosque for a thousand rewards, and you're going to pray out somewhere else and not get the thousand, you've done wrong. So there's no need for all these other ziyaras everywhere they say talking about taking you. Uba, there's a reward to go there. Shahada Uhud, that's mentioned in the sunnah. That's all you should do. And they are around the corner. Uba and Shahada Uhud, five minutes in a car. They're just there. You can even walk there. So that is the ziyarah only. The rest of it, you should pray your prayers in the mosque. Next, it mentions then you can combine your Zuhr and your asr. You can combine your maghrib and your isha in either time. Dhuhr Asr at the time of Dhuhr. Maghrib Isha at the time of Maghrib. Or, Dhuhr an Asr at the time of Asr. Maghrib Isha at the time of Isha. Simple rule. Every person who is a traveler is therefore allowed to shorten the prayers. If he is a traveler and he's allowed to shorten the prayers, that equals he is also allowed to combine the prayers. If you're allowed to shorten, you're allowed to combine. Because why would you be allowed to shorten in the first place? Because you are traveling. Traveling allows you to shorten, traveling also allows you to combine. So any traveler who is allowed to shorten, by default, he's allowed to combine too. <laughs> يفعله عند الحاجة كما إذا جد به السير لما روى معاذ رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان في غزوة تبوك إذا ارتحل قبل زيغ الشمس أخر الظهر حتى يجمعها إلى العصر ويصليهما جميعا وإذا ارتحل بعد زيغ الشمس صلى الظهر العصر جميعا ثم صار وكان يفعل مثل ذلك في المغرب والعشاء it's mentioned about the Prophet Sallallahu in the Battle of Tabuk, that when they were journeying, if they set off on the journey before midday, so the time of Dhuhr has not yet entered, not started, then he would travel and just carry on up until, up until Asr time. He would just carry on then until Asr time. If they set off after Dhuhr time had come in, they set off on their journey after Dhuhr has come in now. So they've set off and Dhuhr time has already come in. Now he would just combine Dhuhr and Asr at Dhuhr time. Setting off, traveling, they would combine at Dhuhr time. So it's allowed at Dhuhr time or at Asr time. Same with Maghrib in Isha. He would combine at Maghrib and he would combine at Isha. All of it is allowed. Both options are allowed. Now there's a point the Shaykh makes. Imagine now you're going to London then, and you're going to be there for three days. On the opinion of all of the scholars, basically, you are a traveler for the full journey. You're going on Friday, you're coming back on Sunday night. Friday traveler, Saturday traveler, Sunday traveler. Oh, three days you're a traveler. Even the two days you're there, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday during the day, two and a half days, nowhere near four days, you're a traveler for the whole weekend. The scholars do say, when you get to London, when you get there, Friday night you're going to get there at 8 p.m. Friday night, Saturday, Sunday you're going to be there till Asr time. For the time when you are there, you can you are a traveler, so you can shorten the prayer, but ideally, you shouldn't combine. Sheikh al al-fawzan says, "If you stop to rest somewhere in your journey, which is that example there, you're traveling down to London, there's a journey on the Friday, six hours in the car, all the way. You can combine and shorten on the way, stop and pray al-dhuhr Asr combined at the services. Uh, when you get there, the next day, the next day, you should just pray, twos in their times. You're there, you're relaxed, you're not really chaotic now, you landed at your place, at your cousin's, or your hotel, wherever you are. Shorten still, you're a traveler, but no need to combine. Once you're setting off again, six hours back, now it's difficult again, six hours, every kid's in the car, whatever. Now you can on the way back, shorten and combine. Meaning, when you are in the process of traveling, shorten and combine. When you are landed somewhere, you're settled, you're not in the process of traveling, even though you are in the ruling of still being a traveler, but you're not in the physical process of traveling, you're stopped somewhere, you're relaxing. In that case, pray each prayer in its time, shortened. You could, for example, say, imagine somebody sets off uh, like in the olden days. The old uncles here will know. When they used to go to Hajj, driving from the UK. They used to go, people from here, in the olden days, driving. I know people, I know a person, drove from here down to Saudi Arabia. They used to drive at least to Europe from bolton they used to drive all the way down to europe go to russia go to these places turkey in cars they used to do it even now some people do it some of these europeans from poland and things they drive here so imagine you're driving down somewhere there you're driving you're driving to poland you're driving somewhere down there so you're driving 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 it's going to take you a few days driving 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 don't worry, when you do geography, they will teach you. England and France, there's a tunnel. And you can go on the boat and it takes you across and you can carry on driving. So you drive and drive and drive. And then you take a rest. One day, you stop at 6pm, you're tired. You think, okay, let's stop at this hotel tonight. You're in the middle of France or Germany somewhere now. Stop at the hotel at 6pm, let's relax for the night tomorrow after Fajr was set off. So now, are you still a traveler? Traveler. But are you in the physical process of traveling that night? You stopped for the night. You're a traveler still, but you're not in the physical process of traveling. That night then, 6 p.m., you landed in the hotel, wherever you are. You should pray your Maghrib in its time 3. And you should pray Isha in its time 2. Rather than three and two combined. That's what the sheikh is saying. When you're not in the physical process of traveling, even though you are overall within a journey, at the times when you're stopping to relax, you're not in the physical process of doing the journey, then shorten still because you're still a traveler, but no need to combine. When you're in the physical process and difficult and tra- driving, journeying, now you're allowed to shorten and combine in those times. That's what the sheikh is mentioning. Again, that is not an obligation. You could still combine and shorten in your hotel there three and two. allowed. you're a traveler. But the sheikh is saying this is something that some of the scholars have mentioned. And he says it's better in that case because there's no, you're not in any chaos now. You stopped for the night, you've got your hotel, you're relaxing everything AC. You're not in any chaos. Relax now, you've got your food, you've got your bed, you've got your hotel. Pray your maghrib, later on pray your isha, two, only have to pray two. But Pray them in their times. Next day when you're journeying again, you're traveling in the heat, in the car, now it's difficult. Okay, combine and shorten. That is what the Shaykh says is better. Not an obligation, but better. Sunnah, no, even if you don't combine, you don't have to do them. Because you're still allowed to shorten Asha. you're a traveler. If you're allowed to shorten it indicates you don't have to pray those sunnah still, you're still a traveler. Hmm. If you, let's do the London thing again. You're going from Bolton to London for a week. You're going to stay there for a week, seven days. You know you're staying for seven days. That's what you have planned, everything arranged, seven days. Should you, upon the opinion of the four-day thing, for the first four days, should you just relax and pray twos in their time though, but twos, and then the last three days, pray full. Or, because you know you're going to be there for more than four days anyway, from the very beginning, from the first day, should you just go pray full everywhere in the mosque and things? Scholars say from the first day. If you know you're going to be there for more than four days, you know, that is your plan. Then from the very beginning, just pray full. You know you're going to be there for seven days, ten days, a month. From the beginning, you know that, then just pray normal in the mosques, full. That's what they say, that's what Sheikh Hosan and others they mention. Yeah, there's an opinion like that. There are, like we said, those are the uh, opinions of traveling. Some of them say, as long as you are a traveler, you are a traveler. Regardless of how many days. London, is it your home? Your home is here, in Bolton. So when you're in London, you're, you're not at home. You're a traveler imagine your business says to you we're going to send you on a business trip to london for two weeks for a month we're sending you there you're going there full time to live there or as that temporary two-week contract or three-week contract to fulfill from your business temporary they've told you you're going to be there for 14 days do the business the contract come back you're 14 days there now you are not resident you are a Traveler, according to the opinions. Therefore, according to some opinions, throughout that 14 days, you have the ruling of the traveler. You can combine and shorten, and upon this afdaliyah, uh, what the Shaykh said, you should just pray shortened, but in its time because you're not in the process of traveling. That's an opinion. Some scholars say it could be a year. You leave Baltan, you go out on some business. Whatever, some trip and it's going to take you three months. There's a three-month contract your company sends you on. They're going to give you some hotel somewhere in some other country for three months. Whilst you're there, is that your home? Is your family there? Is your friends there? Is your house there? Whilst you're there in that country, you are just a traveler there. Three-month visa, you're going to be kicked out. After your business finishes. Some scholars say for the full three months, then you are a traveler. You have the rulings of the traveler. That is an opinion of some scholars. Many of them don't hold that opinion though. A lot of the scholars when you ask, especially from the scholars these days, from the scholars what they mention, few few hold that opinion. Many of them say, once you're there and you're resident, like in that example, company sends you, they give you a nice hotel, everything, you're you're living there for three months. You're going to go do your shopping, you're going to do everything. Three months you're living there. You say, you can't be considered a traveler like that. Like that, now you're there, you're resident, go pray in the mosque and everything with the people. So, uh, that's what most of them say. Sorry, say again. Ah, Absolutely. All of these rulings, they apply when you're by yourself. Imagine now, you go on a journey, you're traveling along. From London, from Bolton to London, you stop at the services. You get a bit lost, but coincidentally, right next to the services, you see a big mosque. So you think, okay, that's even better. Instead of praying in the car park, I pray in the mosque. So you walk into the mosque, and they're doing the Iqama for Asr or for Dhuhr They're doing the Iqama, the Iqama for Dhuhr What are you going to do? You were thinking, I'm going to stop at the services, pray two for Dhuhr and two for Asr. You got a bit lost coming off for the services, but coincidentally, you saw a big mosque. You walked in there instead. They're doing the Iqama for Dhuhr. You're gonna to have to join them and pray what? For the Dhuhr, what you gonna to have to do though? Full four. You can't say, "Oh, but I'm a traveller. After two I'm just gonna stay sitting and give Salaam." You've joined in behind the Muqeem Imam. You must pray behind him. So then you pray the full. That is the opinion of most of the scholars on that. You pray full behind the imam when you're in the mosque you go to london you get there you're only going to be there for three days but you're with your cousins or something there's a mosque next door to the house they go there every day for the prayer you go with them pray full in the mosque you don't combine and shorten and things like that then the mosque is there you pray full but if you're by yourself you're in some place somewhere no mosque nothing then you shorten combine etc these rulings you're right That's have okay. A that. Yeah, yeah. If you have a that, it's not, can, you, can you Say are gonna because everybody else is you don't have to. It's not an obligation when travelling to have to you're not a sinner particularly as the Sheikh mentions here. So possibly but what you said there is allowed. If you're the Imam and you're the traveller, then you can pray too. And the people if there's some residents They'd have to get up and pray four. They'd have to complete. So the same thing again. Everybody is traveling from Bolton again to London. You stop off at the services, you mess up and you lose the services, but you find a mosque. So you walk into the mosque and they've just given salam. They've just finished their duhr. You, two cars, all of you get out, ten of you. What are you going to pray now? The mosque has just finished its Dhuhr. You can now pray two and two. The mosque ruling applies if the jama'ah is on. Jama'ah is not on, they finished. You can pray your two and two. Can you make your jama'ah and pray on two and two? That's another issue. Whether you're allowed to make a jama'ah now after the imam's jama'ah. As a traveler, you do have more leeway. As a traveler, you do have more leeway to do it. That's a different topic. But you can... Pray shorten now. Because you've missed the jama'ah. If you'd have caught that, full. Imagine you got in and they're on their third raka'ah. Or their fourth raka'ah. You join in. How many are you going to get up and finish off? Imagine you caught them on the fourth raka'ah. You caught one. So now maybe you could think, and oh, you caught one. Let me just make up one. Traveler. Salam, salam. You got to do four. Scholars say you caught into that prayer of the Imam, which is a resident prayer of four, you pray that full four. That is what many of them say. These issues, you get a lot of very, you know, scholars do mention different things, but that is uh, what a lot of them do mention. If you catch the Jama'ah of the residents, you pray your prayer as a resident's prayer, even if you caught it late. In the Haram. What imam? Imam of the hotel? <laughs> These hotels, right next to the haram as well? 10-15 minutes is a bit different. The hotels next to the haram, the clock tower. Clock tower and all of those hotels, they've got mosques inside, musalla. A person should not pray in that. You have the haram in front of you. People, you know what they do in the hotel? Because in the hotel you have the the clock tower ones and those right next to the haram, you have the radios inside the rooms. Turn it on, you can hear the jama'ah going on. So what do people do? Turn the radio on and pray in their room. They're praying behind the imam, they can hear Sudeis there. Not allowed. You cannot pray behind the radio like that. Even praying in the hotel, what do you do? When you go down to the clock tower on the bottom floor, The bottom floor is full, every prayer, they're praying there in the bottom floor. Is that allowed or not? In some circumstances, yes. In some circumstances, no. If the haram is absolutely full, and the rows are now coming out of the haram, and they are coming out and out and out and out and out, all the way to the door of the clock tower, for example, and then they're carrying on inside all of those rows are connected all the way up to the to the kaaba to the imam so you can pray that's one jama'ah. hundred thousand still if however in norm i mean maybe in jum'ah that can happen in jum'ah possibly that happens i think everything gets full or the courtyard gets full and then it spills right into the clock tower all of those rows are connected all the way to the front row in the kaaba allowed normal prayers that's not the case even though it's busy but normal prayers it's not normally the case it's busy busy outside but there's always huge gaps in between so the rows are connected from the kaaba connected 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 all the haram full outside connected 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 then there's areas of blank then you go back near the clock tower all of a sudden huge rows again so are those rows connected all the way No, therefore you cannot pray there And you should not pray there Connection of rose is the condition If it spills out of the mosque Your rose should be connected To the jama'ah That's mentioned in the books of fiqh And they always mention an issue They say for example If the rose spill out of the mosque And people are carrying on carrying, Like an eid in haram Spills out, forget clock tower Past the clock tower Hajj, past the clock tower into all of those streets, carries on, carries on. Imagine now, you have that type of situation, it's carrying on, carrying on, so many people, and a big road comes in the middle, or a, a, a big bridge or a tunnel comes in the middle. So there has to, nobody can line up there. Behind it, they carry on, carry on, carry on. Is that allowed? Because their rows are broken from the jama'ah now because of this road, motorway, tunnel, something. That's in the books of fiqh, the scholars, they differ over this issue. Because now you are broken. The issue they normally mention is, if the rows overspill outside and a secondary part of the mosque is disconnected from the primary part of the mosque. Disconnected from the primary part of the mosque. But like there's a road in between. Rows are spilling out, then a big road comes, nobody can line up there. They carry on behind the road. They are disconnected from the body. That's an issue in fiqh, they talk about it whether it's allowed or not then. But otherwise, in the haram there, if they are connected, okay. So therefore, normally in the normal prayers, when it's not connected, they should not be praying in the hotels. Back over there, 15 minutes away, that's a bit of a distance. You even start getting local mosques 15 minutes away. This is they've come late, so the salah has already gone. Salah already gone, okay, so then what happens? They pray two and two. That's the same question you asked before. Yeah, Jama'ah, jama'a, same thing, the same question you asked before four days, four days, then they shouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, two in jama'ah. If you're a traveler, you can do it. In that situation, like we said, four days or longer, opinion of most of the scholars, you shouldn't. But normally, as a traveler, you can. You get to those service stations, you're all traveling, you stop at the service station, car of five people, all of you pray in jama'ah, your combined prayer. Allowed? If you're a traveler, you can pray that all in jama'ah. That's allowed. We'll stop on that point there. There's, uh, there's an issue about the riders, we're going to come to it. I purposely left that yet to do the easy one first. We'll come back to the other section. Ah. Mount Hira, what happened there? What is Mount Hira? What used to happen there? <laughs> Prophet used to go there and that's where the... Revelation began. So should you climb up there? Is it the sunnah? Will you get reward? You climbed up there? Took you four hours? There is no need to do that. Even on the day of Arafah, should you climb up Mount Arafah? No? Who told you to climb up there? On the day of Arafah, people think you need to go to Mount Arafah and climb up and do all of that. Why? Wasting your time. Wasting two hours getting through the crowds to get there Another two hours trying to climb up Finishing yourself in the heat Why? All of that time somebody else is been sitting in the tent making dua Better than you wasting two hours going through the crowds There is no need to go there Anywhere in Arafah all of it perfectly good There is nothing about having to go to the mountain and climb up Who told you there's more reward? Who told you it is better? Anywhere in Arafah it is better a person who sits all day making du'a, that is more useful than somebody who spends two hours getting to Arafah, climbing up, finishing all his energy off, two hours getting back to his tent, he's wasted half of his day just walking around. Better stay in your tent, relax, make du'a all day, not to go to Arafah and the mountain. What about the two hours when he's walking there, two hours walking back? You need proofs, evidences. The scholars, they say, don't do it, why are you doing that? Muhammad Aman al Jami, he said it. Other scholars, they said it. There is no need for you to go to Arafah and try and climb up. Stay where you are, anywhere in Arafah, the narrations mention. Use all of your time for dua instead of four hours getting there, getting back. Hmm. It's not a sin. It's not a sin. But you are wasting some of your time for no reason. Muzdalifah, anywhere. Anywhere, Muzdalifah as well. Mount sorry. No, you shouldn't go up anyway. They don't that. Oh. There, is no, there is no sunnah to go up there. There is no hadith which says you're going to get reward if you go up there. There is no hadith like that. The reward is stay in the haram. Pray in the haram. Pray in the wafil. You get more reward for that than climbing the mountain. 100,000 for every prayer. Muhammad, Muhammad Sallallahu climbed it. Did he tell us to climb it? Did the Sahaba used to go climb it? So There's no need for us to climb it. Alright, we'll have to conclude there. We'll carry on next week, inshallah. Uh, the week after. Next week is the conference. The week after we'll have to carry on, inshallah. Ta'ala. So in two weeks' time, come back to the next section, insha'Allah. Wa sallallahu Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi